I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Hey, Daddy-O! Happy Friday. It's the show that gives you a positive escape from all of the crap around you. I was going to say something else, like horse pucky. I don't know. It's time to nerd out on all the things that better our lives. We've time-traveled to the 1950s on our musical journey. November 5th, 1955. We've got yet another Captain's Origin. More honk list recommendations, including a non-spoilery review of A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, and I have an awesome superhero story for you, so stay tuned for that. And some stuff that'll make you want to slap your mama. Hey, you're supposed to be fasting in the valley, man, but that can't be your car. It must be your mama's car. I'm sort of embarrassed to be this close to you. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised driving a field car. Hey, I like the color of your car there, man. What's that supposed to be? Sort of a cross between piss yellow and puke green, ain't it? Well, you call that a paint job, but it's pretty ugly. I bet you got to sneak up on the pumps just to get a little air in your tires. Well, at least I don't have to pull over to the side just to let a funeral go by, man. Oh, funny. You know what? Your car is uglier than I am. That didn't come out right. Let's rock it. Oh, welcome back to The Real Brian Show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm The Real Brian, and this show is so boss. I am Captain Influence, and I am the boss. In fact, I do boss like a boss you're like Brian. like a boss but i'm going for the 50s when you know like i would say hey captain you're boss yeah and then when did that change to you're cool uh doesn't well, mean the same that's, that's thing a good question well yeah. boss means great or awesome or right. I, I don't know i mean i guess boss could take like oh he is so boss like he's hot oh my god stuff like that I don't know. But, you know, Boss Man, that was like 50s, early 60s kind of thing. And it came back. Yeah. And then, it, and then yeah, that Like a Boss was there. But also, He's Boss or She's Boss was there. And I honestly did not know that. I That's one 50s euphemism I did not know about. Did so. you know about Hey Daddy-O? I said that at the beginning oh, of the yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that that's a lounge lizard thing, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. And right. by the way, did I did I hear Han Solo in that movie clip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was either his first or it definitely one of his first movies ever. I think it was his first first. And it was also George Lucas, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. American Graffiti was the quote from that one. I, one of my absolute all-time favorite movies, which I'll talk about in a minute here. But, oh, man. Yeah. Man. That's so weird. Good. I love it. Your car is uglier than I am. Oh, that didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is just such a good movie. If you've never, ever seen American Graffiti, put that on your like short list and watch that as soon as possible. It's awesome. I mean, it is pre-Star Wars Jojo Lucas. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a historical thing, right? Yeah, well, so his George Lucas's first movie was THX 1138, which if right. you remember in Star Wars, Princess Leia was being held in cell, what was like, I don't remember what cell block at cell bay it was, but her her room was one one three eight. Okay, yeah. And in the movie, John Milner's car, the one that's a cross between piss yellow and puke green, you know, <laughs> which was an awesome car. Oh my gosh, I loved that car. 
his license plate said THX 138. So there's a lot of little know. things in a lot of George Lucas's movies that you can, you know, little Easter eggs with the THX 1138 reference because it's cool. his first movie. So it's cool. Check it out. Great movie. And oh my gosh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of young people in there. Ron Howard. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss, Richard right? Dreyfuss is in there. Yeah. A lot of crazy. It's so fun to, to see how young they are. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. Some of you seen it and you're like, oh yeah, that was a great movie. Anybody that says it's a bad movie. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. You're, you're off my fast forward through this part. You're off my friend list. (laughs) Hey, you know what we have not talked about in a long time? What? What we're drinking. Yeah. You know what? Cause I'm never drinking anything. It's kind of weird. Whenever I record the show completely, I'm just not drinking. Like, have you gone on a water fast? Like, no, no, no. I, I still drink water, plenty of water. I disappointed. I'm just curious to know how long though, that you captain influence can go without water. Ooh, a little longer than the average boss. What? 14 days, 25 I've never, days. I've never pushed the envelope to be honest. Okay. Uh, and I don't know that I want to. Yeah. You yeah, might end up would, dead. I'm not ready yet. Okay. Still, I'm still on this roller coaster ride and I don't want to get off yet. Okay. So I like that. And the thing is, is my drinks have been pretty non newsworthy lately as well. And because it's been hot and in the high nineties again, all week this week, I'm just mostly drinking water in LaCroix because it's cool and it's it's refreshing trying to, you know, drink healthy beverages, stuff like that. Sometimes I'll drink a Kavita. Well, have that's you, boring. Have you had a Kavita? Never heard of it. Okay, so it is a drink that has, you know, we talked about apple cider vinegar way back on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a drink that has apple cider vinegar in it, but it's mixed oh. with whatever flavor you get. So they have elderberry. They've got okay. turmeric ginger. They've got lemon. All kinds of stuff like that. So there's there's different flavors that you can get. The best one they ever did was cinnamon apple. <laughs> and they discontinued them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it was the best. It was the most amazing flavor. It really tempered the apple cider vinegar really well. Some of them, like the lemon and the turmeric ginger, make make it a little stronger. But that's really the only way that I can do apple cider vinegar anymore because it's so strong. And as uh, Lord Thunder put it, it's it's in intensely disgusting um, if you don't have something to go with it. And I agree with that. And so this has some apple juice in it. It's got live culture probiotics too. I mean, it's, it's good for you. I just don't drink a lot of it. I drink it maybe once or twice a week and I drink like half of a bottle at a time. What does Lord Thunder know? He's just some old dude. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's turning 40 on Sunday, by the way, the big four. Oh, right. Like my mom just turned 40 in April. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, Lord Thunder's got to be at least 50, right? Come on. He doesn't look a day over 65. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you thinking, did you think he was older than he really is? Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was older than 40. I don't know why. He's just seemed, he has this presence about him. You know, he has this very mature, elderly, wise, wise presence about him. I I always feel, I always feel like I'm looking up to him when I talk to him. Way to cover yourself. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, you know, he does, yeah, he good, does right? have, um, for those of you who don't know Th- Lord Thunder personally, I mean, you know, you've heard him on the show before. He does kind of have that, um, grandfatherly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 totally kidding, dude. He has, uh, he does have a very wise, a very, he's very That's mature a, for his age. Let's and put it he that is way. wise actually. So yeah. that no, helps. He is. He's oh, a yeah. smart, smart dude. So, happy but, quote 40th unquote <laughs> Lord Thunder. My parents have a magnet that says age is not important unless you are a cheese. <laughs> and I love that. It's and honestly, too, I feel like you only get old mentally. Your body's going to decay and you know, it's going to fall apart someday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you only truly get old if you mentally allow yourself to. To me, I'm still 20 in spirit. 
There you go. My biggest advice, though, is don't allow yourself to age mentally and emotionally. Just be be wise. Learn from your life. Learn from stuff. But what is that? You got to have that childlike wonder and childlike spirit. Not childish, but childlike. Right. It's so good. So, you know, we talked about Lord Thunder's birthday, but here's another person that's even more important than Lord Thunder. And that is Sarah. Very, very true. Yeah. Sorry, Lord Thunder, but that's the truth there. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> her birthday was Tuesday. So we've been celebrating birthday month, of course, and doing all the free stuff that we always do and having fun and yeah, all that good stuff. So but, we're going to continue to celebrate let, next week too. Let me take this opportunity then to say happy birthday to Miss Light. Yay. And happy birthday to Lord Thunder. Yes. Officially. Oh, it's so cool. Happy birthday. What fun times. I love celebrating birthdays. I have mentioned this before and I'm going to say it again that I had a friend who moved away and I, I've lost touch with him, unfortunately, but he used to love birthdays and he would be like, I love celebrating people's birthdays. It is a chance to celebrate the fact that you are here on this earth and you have blessed our lives with your presence. And he was just so excited about birthdays all the time. And I was like, that is the best (laughs) attitude I have ever heard. And I'm going to continue that legacy. So do it for birthdays. We're going to continue to celebrate. Here's the deal. We were going to take next week off and we were going to go to Glenwood Springs, which is in Colorado. And ironically, I've never been there. Well, we decided not to because they've been having a ton of rock and mudslides on along I-70 because yeah. of all the fires we had last year. And then, of course, then it's been raining and that happens. So major interstate. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like the it is the main one that goes east west here in Colorado. And if you're not on that, Through you have to go up to I-80 in Wyoming, right. which is way out of the way. Part of the problem is they've been closing the interstate almost every day. Sometimes for multiple hours at a time, sometimes for a couple of days at a time in order to clear it. Well, the first thing is one, you don't want to be under the rock and mudslide when it happens, of course. I mean, duh. but also the problem is, is if you're one of the lucky ones to not get buried in that rock and mudslide, you are sitting on the interstate for hours, hours and hours and hours. And then they eventually reroute you up through Steamboat Springs, which is about 200 miles out of the way. How do they even turn you around? I have no clue how they're doing it. Yeah. I just know that it's not fun. And and I've I've heard of some people who have had to do it. And it's just like, you know, if we're going to take a vacation, that's not vacation. That's stress. We decided we're not going to Glenwood. So, but what are we going to do? Nothing because we can't go anywhere at this point. So we're going to just stay home and relax and hang out. But we're still taking the week off. So that being said, I'm just throwing this out right now. There will not be an episode next week. We're going to take a week off next week from from the show and uh, just enjoy but don't worry, we'll be back the following week. Um, yeah, we'll be way, back. I'm just gonna, you know, kick back and relax, dude. Take some, turn the brain off for a week. You know, hang out around there here, do whatever. There you go. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. But dude, what are you doing to relax right now? My wife and I have started puzzling together. So we, you know, Ooh. jigsaw puzzling, right? And it is so addictive. I Interesting. those of you who do just jigsaw puzzles with your spouse or by yourself or whatever. I mean, they seem like a for some reason in my head, they seem like a thing you do when you're a kid, right? No, not at all. It's just so much fun to sort through the pieces and find a piece that matches. And you get this mini excitement every time you find a little piece. Oh, I found a piece. And then oh, I found another piece. It's this unexplainable addiction. So we just started doing that, having a good time. That's awesome, dude. Isn't that exciting? It is. No, it's really cool. Oh and it also gosh. is a lot of brain power too. Like it's really intense. <laughs> Pattern so, recognition. Yeah. yeah. No, it's huge. Now, what are the sizes that you're doing? I insist 1,000 pieces or larger. Okay. 
yeah, anything less than a thousand is just not worth my time. I'm sorry. Uh, I prefer like a three thousand piece puzzle, but my wife says that's too big. So you don't often hear those words from her mouth. So yeah. <laughs> so I have a friend who absolutely loves jigsaw puzzles, and she has she and her husband, but she especially has done them her whole life. Oh, nice. I'm pretty sure because I was trying to remember if this is the correct number, but I'm pretty sure she got an eighteen thousand piece one. Wow. Um, I know they can go up as large as like 40,000. Oh, but she got those are expensive too, by the way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she got the 18 because she was showing us and I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine that, but that's awesome. Yeah. I I, never finished it. The bigger, the better in my opinion. So I I did a, I did like a 3000 piece puzzle when I was in like in junior high school back in Phoenix. Yeah. And it was this huge, like, I don't know, like a three foot by two foot. That's awesome. Picture, picture of a Chinese pagoda. And, and I remember it, I did it through one whole summer. I did it and it was so much fun, That's but cool. I haven't done it since. I'm really good at the 51, 50 piece ones, like really good at those. Dude, I have a really, really, really cool superhero story to share. So first of all, my Phoenix Suns lost the finals. Yeah, it sucks. I'm sorry. It does. Now on a quick, quick note, the Bucks absolutely deserved the win. It was a really good. fun series to watch course i love the phoenix suns you know and i love what they've done but the truth is is that the bucks have been working harder and longer at getting to the finals than the suns have i mean the suns were the worst team in the nba two years ago just two years later they're in the nba finals i mean that's an amazing feat and in fact i'm pretty sure no other team's done that in the history i think that's the first time somebody's turned around that quickly i could be wrong but i think so anyway but the bucks have been working hard at this for you know a good solid five six years they've been a competitive team ever since And so they just had more experience and it's really, really good that they won on that sense, but still sad for us. But I got to tell you, the more I read about the Phoenix Suns coach, Monty Williams, Uh the more I am impressed with this dude. Like originally I just thought, oh, cool. I've never heard of this. I mean, I guess I've heard his name, but I thought, oh, hopefully he does a good job because the Suns have gone through a lot of coaches in the past past few years. And so you're just kind of like, all right, here we go again. But then I'm reading more and more about this guy and I'm just like, holy cow, like this guy this guy should be in the coach hall of fame someday. Like he's that, that awesome. Amazing. This is what he did. He stopped by the bucks locker room. This is like, okay, the bucks are celebrating. The sons are crying. (laughs) You know, in that moment, he and his team console each other. He goes from the sun's locker room to the bucks locker room, knocks on the door. And by the way, Giannis on, I don't know how to pronounce his last name on to whatever it's Greek. I can't pronounce it. Giannis is his name. He's the Bucks star player. He had already said, you know, hey, I, I want Monty to come in, that kind of thing. So he goes into there, into the team, puts his arm around Giannis and says, I just wanted to come and congratulate you guys as a man and a coach. You guys deserved it. And I'm thankful for the experience. Then he congratulates the entire Bucks team, says, you guys made me a better coach and you guys made us a better team. Dude, who does that? Dude. I know. And it's, see, it, it's so easy. The thing about that, that statement is that even if he didn't mean it, just saying it makes him a superhero in that moment. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it was the right thing to say and it was said eloquently. Yeah. And good for him. I'm really impressed. So, and I know he means it though, because again, yeah, going think, back and, and reading about who he is, I know he meant that or he would never yeah. have done that, but wow. I mean, that's a true superhero story right there. Real it's life. Superhero. that easy. I know it's that easy. And I mean, I do know of one other story is that tragically his wife was killed by, uh, unfortunately someone who was, I think it was he drunk or high. I don't remember. Um, anyway, his wife was killed just a few years ago. You know, at the funeral, he's saying, this is crazy, dude, this is crazy. But he was saying 
everybody's come to us and said, you know, you guys need support right now. Of course, because, you know, he and his kids lost right. his wife slash their mother. You know, you need support. You need all that. And he said, so does the family of that driver. He goes, we, don't, we do not hold any ill will towards that person that killed his wife. Wow. Everybody makes mistakes. Oh, holy crap. I mean, how, how who Christ-like. says that? I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. We're not, we're not getting religious on anybody no. here right now, but that is very Christ-like to have yes. that attitude. And it so, is the, I mean, it is the, the attitude that 99.99999% of people will never have. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, almost, it almost gets my blood up thinking about that obvious yeah. That that obvious statement that most people, uh, what, of course, they wouldn't think of the guy who accidentally and it was it was wife. an accident killed his wife yeah. or your wife or your kids. Yeah. Why would you? But the fact that he did and he said that, I'm almost flabbergasted. Yeah. And by the way, he is a Christian, so it's nice to see somebody walk in the talk too. I, like I said, the more I read about this guy, I'm just like this. This is an amazing man. And an incredible coach. And someday, somehow, I want to get him on the show. I just had to share that because that is that yeah. is a story that is very rare these days. And by the way, I hope my 99.99999% was, was very wrong. And I hope it would be more like 80% of people wouldn't react like that. And it would be more like 20% would. Um, but still, yeah, that's just a very closer rare. to five to 10% to be honest. But I know. I know. <laughs> it's just such a rare response. And it's such an inspiring thing that I... I just want to, I want all of us. I want to be more like that. I want all of us to be more like that. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, good. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. That was awesome. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Now going along with something uh, a little hilarious here was remember TCBY. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally separate opposite here. Uh, not inspiring, but they did that whole 40 cents off for their 40th and their 40th birthday, you know, right. 40 cents off your order. And then this week they did it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. They didn't well, get the memo, apparently. No, but then this week, though, a couple days later, they they did a BOGO, which was buy one, get one for 40 cents. And I'm like, okay, a little better. That's better. That's yeah. better, yeah. So that's quite a bit better, actually. I think they must have listened to the show and were embarrassed by their actions. <laughs> I'm sure. That's my thought. <laughs> so I brought up the bike dilemma last week. What should I yep. do? I wanted to bring, okay, so first of all, thank you uh, to Chris, by the way, who who said thank you for that discussion, and he called me, and we had a really cool discussion about this. He customizes his own bikes and does all kinds of, he's, he's an avid rider. Okay. We had a really, really fun discussion. I also had gone around to some of the shops that were open in the area and just kind of talked, and I knew going into this that bikes are not available right now. People just said, hey, because of COVID, well, I can't do anything, so I'm going to buy a bike. Right. <laughs> Well, as a result, huge shortages, huge, of course, I found this out later. What the manufacturers decided is that, well, this is a fad right now. Everybody's buying a bike right now because of COVID. It will eventually recorrect. But as a result, because it's a fad, we're not going to up our production and lose money. So we're just going to keep production the exact same. It'll eventually correct, but it's probably going to take three years to correct. And I was just like, oh my gosh. This is like me shoe shopping. I wear size 14 and I have narrow feet too, which is like nobody makes shoes like that except Under Armour. I found out and Converse (laughs) Converse and Under Armour. The only two that I can wear really. And so it's neat because the Colorado State surplus takes all of these old. Well, let me rephrase that. They're brand new shoes, but you know, they, they get these shoes for the teams for the sports teams. And of course, basketball, football players have large feet. So thank God size 14 is one of the smaller sizes. 
It's wow. so they get all these brand new shoes that they don't use for the athletes. And then they sell them at like, instead of being $150 shoes, they sell them at like 40 or $50 for a brand new pair of shoes. So that's where okay. I do my shopping now. Yeah. But good idea. Pre that I would literally call to shoe places around the city and be like, what do you have in size 14? And I would say 99% of the time they'd laugh. <laughs> Flip flops. <laughs> They're like nothing, literally nothing. <laughs> or we have one shoe. That's been my just shoe shopping shoe. experience. Literally one pair. Well, yeah, one, one, pair, <laughs> not even a pair, but just one shoe. You want a left or a right? Because we have one. <laughs> That's been my experience throughout the years. And so it's the same kind of thing. Here I am as, as six foot four. I'm like, I need an extra large bike frame, which is a 22 inch. And I call and I say, hey, I'm six four. What do you have? And they laugh. <laughs> one bike or no bikes. We have nothing for you. Then I looked into, as I mentioned this last week, customizing my bike, which right. Chris was very helpful with that. Just talking about all these ideas about how we, you know, I could do that and stuff like that. But then I went into this one place and I actually took my bike in and I said, what do you think? And he goes, well, you could, but I wouldn't recommend it because you know, if you really, really want it to be where it's at, you'd save the frame and replace everything else. And at that point you're spending far more than you would on a new bike at this point. And I hmm. said, except for the fact that there's no new bikes, right? I was going to say that's the next. Yeah, but I did find, oh, this was amazing. I was like, I just want to go try out an e-bike just for fun. But my criteria was I have to be able to enjoy the pedaling experience without the electric assist because I still want exercise. I want it because there are, so I've mentioned I have heart palpitations and all that. Yeah. And after last year's bout with those bizarre heart palpitations that I had during COVID, I don't want to go through that again. And one thing I've learned is that if I push myself too hard, you know, if you're like grunting through, you know, you're doing max weight in the gym or whatever. Yeah. You're like, like like this. Yeah. That right now that exacerbates the heart palpitations. And so if you're pedaling uphill and you're pushing hard and your bike's like, you're grunting your whole way up that may or may not be healthy on me. Hang on. I got to use the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm back. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And so I look at it as a kind of a safety net. Like I want to go get exercise. And also if I'm exhausted, I don't want right. to keep and pushing you, it. Yeah. And I just want to be able to get home and, but I don't want to be stuck out there and I don't want to wimp out either because I'm afraid that something might happen. Right. So there's a balance between fear and wisdom there. You know, I don't want to be afraid, Always. but I don't, but I, yeah, I want to be wise without being afraid. I guess that's yeah, maybe not a balance. I want to be wise without being afraid. That's what I'm looking for. There you go. So the e-bike option would be fantastic. It really would be. They're not cheap though. So I went, we test. Is there a shortage of e-bikes right now? There's more e-bikes available than regular bikes. Okay. I just wonder how extensive the shortage is. Honestly, from what I'm understanding extremely because the manufacturer, like apparently you used to be able to go into a place to find a bike. Yeah. And they would say, yes, we have it or, oh, we don't, but we can order it and get it to you in a couple of weeks. Right. Now they're saying, we don't have it and the manufacturer doesn't either. And so it could be months or years before you get it. Wow. They don't know. That's the problem. So with the e-bikes, there are some available, but with every bike, you get what you pay for. Just like a musical Mm. instrument, just like a computer, just like, I mean, anything you get what you pay for. You you go cheap. It's going to be cheap. It's not going to be comfortable. It might hurt you. I mean, it might be, who knows, but that's the problem I'm running into is that, especially with e-bikes there, there are some cheaper e-bikes and of course none of them are in my size anyway, but I was kind of asking around about that a little bit and doing some research and you know, the cheaper e-bikes are okay. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just okay. And then there's the ones that are more expensive that are fantastic. And you know, they have five year warranties on them, which is like, really that, that, wow. that that's unheard of. 
I test rode one of those. The most comfortable bike I have ever ridden in my life. I've never, ever ridden a bike that comfortable. It's like 60 pounds because of, you know, the, the motor and the battery, you know, right. Not, not, a, not a light bike anymore. Well, I'm riding this thing and I'm pushing on my, again, e-bike off. I just want to see how hard it is to pedal. And I'm, you know, going up these little minor hills and stuff, not like that big of a deal. And I'm just like, this is easy. I, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of cruising right along on this thing. This is fun. And then you get the e-bike going. And of course that's just a lot of fun, but I'm just like, oh man, what do I do? Cause my current bike, it's been through an accident as everybody knows. It's it's in fine shape right now, but just because of all the customization that I've done to it, it's it's a heavier, less efficient bike. It works, but it's kind of exhausting. And for you know the neck injury that I ha- well the neck issues that I've had from being hit by that car, and of course all the back stuff. It's like it's not the best ergonomic situation anymore. And so you know after about fifteen minutes, I'm hurting. And I don't want to hurt. I want to go for a bike ride. I want to enjoy. I want to get exercise. I want to lose weight. I want to have fun. And I want to come home tired, but not hurting. Yeah. I don't know what to do, man. It's a tough one. But anyway, wow. that's the update. So if anybody else is looking at a bike right now, you're going to be finding a lot of the similar issues that I have. <laughs> I thought I was going to try to be encouraging about it, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's do some fun stuff here. Let's jump into the music here in a minute. But first, oh, oh, yes, you have another origin. I do. And, you know, uh, this one was inspired by, of all people, Brian, your mother. Um, <laughs> hello. We haven't met yet, but I, you, I hear so much about you. She recommended this for an origin. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. Now, according to Wikipedia, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is an idiomatic expression with, for an avoidable error in which something good is eliminated when trying to get rid of something bad. Or in other words, rejecting the favorable along with the unfavorable. Johnny cut all ties with his friend because of an argument they had, but he threw the baby out with the bathwater. Otherwise, they had a pretty good relationship. Ah, yes. A slightly different explanation suggests this flexible catchphrase has to do with discarding the essential while retaining the superfluous because of excessive zeal. You know, I think that whole sentence is a little bit hoity-toity, to be honest. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. (laughs) That was in Wikipedia. Uh, I was like, why did uh, it seems like somebody was uh, pontificating there. Anyway, this idiom derives from a German proverb, das Kind, and I can't speak German, guys, so so forgive me, das Kind mit dem Bade ausschütten. The earliest record of this phrase is in 1512, 1512, in Narenbeschwarung, Appeal to Fools, uh, by Thomas Murner. This book includes a woodcut illustration showing a woman tossing a baby out with wastewater. It is a common catchphrase in German. Apparently, the, the exact origin of the phrase is unknown, but it has been in use since at least the 1500s. We know that. So according to, here's where it gets interesting. According to the idioms.com, and this is, common, this is a common origin, the phrase originated from a practice in medieval times when there was scarcity of water. Mm-hmm. Due to water not being available, family members usually bathed using one tub of water which is probably true. Mm -hmm. And the father took a bath first. Mm -hmm. By the time the baby is bathed, the water is so dark and filthy that the baby might be thrown out with it when the tub is being emptied. However, I have read most etymologists seem to think this is quote, complete twaddle unquote, but who knows? Interesting. So that is the origin that my mom found because she was reading about it. And that's why she said, Oh, this is cool. We were talking about it. And I said, you know what? We need to use that and talk about it on the show because it's fascinating. That's what she found as well was, was that explanation. And she found as late as the 1600s that they were, ba- that, but that makes sense, right? Because water was scarce. 
they didn't have, you know, of course, modern plumbing and stuff like that. So they would they would shower like what was it once a month? I think is what it was um, yeah, but- once every few weeks because that's just our bathe. I'm sorry. That's what they had. But that, yeah, they would they would kind of share through that. And by the time it was done, it's like you couldn't see the baby in the water. I mean, that makes sense. Sort of, but actually there's there's a lot about it that doesn't make sense. Number one, water was not scarce back then. Clean water uh, was sometimes scarce. And that's more what I'm talking about. They had about. plenty of water. And, and and it didn't matter if the water was like bacteria free to, to bathe in it. We've all bathed in a river once in a while. The Just the, the whole concept of, of having the baby submerged in dirty water and accidentally throwing out the water. I mean, if, if you do that, the baby's already dead. Um, not to get macabre on you guys, but I, I've, I've read several several etymologists online in blogs said this is totally false. It's a, it's a rumor that that's been going around the internet for years. It comes from some email from somebody called life in the 1500s. Ah, I didn't get, I did not get a, I did not get an origin for that email. It's some kind of, I don't know, dissertation or that's probably too, too fancy of a word, but it's, it's basically an urban legend from many hundreds of years ago and it just simply is not apparently not true so kind of so, like when you get the email from prince abu dhabi who wants to uh <laughs> you know send you a million dollars because you're his favorite heir now right now yeah. now it is true and it's very well documented that people back then only bathe very very rarely and it's probably true that in you know any patronymic society like in germany the father probably bathed first maybe the ba- baby was bathed last but there's no possible way unless the baby was dead in the water that you could possibly accidentally throw the baby out. Well, with so that maybe, water. maybe what happened is that one time that happened, like <laughs> somebody maybe. was bathing and then the baby got in and they got distracted. The baby fell under the water and then they yeah. threw it out. And that yeah. one story yes. you know, became the Prince Abu Dhabi email chain. And you know, by the way, you got to pass this on or else you're going to have bad luck the next seven years. Oh man, Remember it's possible. Those chain emails, yeah, oh it, 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 yeah. You're right. It, it is possible that the origin of that, the, the, the true origin of the saying, might have been in seated in reality. You never know. Yeah, and and this, but, you know, here we but, are laughing about it, and you know that 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 mother at the time is horrified <laughs> that she just killed her baby and threw her out. The oh my gosh, and we're laughing at her. Yeah, well, I mean, horrible statute of limitations. I think it's it's not too it's not too soon anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just hope this somebody in listening. The 1500s. Is it too soon? I just hope yeah. somebody listening didn't literally just do that with their baby. That would be. Terrible. I hope so. I yeah. hope not. Yeah. Uh, don't so let you your babies submerge under the water. All right. Great <laughs> advice there. I love that. Well, thank you for the but, origin. But you're welcome. I and mean, we de- we definitely know this that the, the phrase came from Germany, and okay. it just kind of propagated from there. So Germans, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, dude, let's talk 50s music really quickly. You know, this actually that. isn't going to take a lot of time because we don't have a lot of stories from this, which not is kind of quite cool. as long. Yeah, not quite as long. Yeah, but the 50s is some of my absolute favorite music of all time. So I'm going to let you go first again, though. Talk talk to us about your okay. 50s. Well, Brian, the thing about the 50s music wise for me is that I enjoy listening to just about all of the hits from this decade more or less equally. But 50s music used to bug the crap out of me in my <laughs> teens and 20s. I Honestly, I just hated oldies back then. But it gradually grew on me in my 30s and 40s. And now, like I mentioned last, last week, I feel safe and snug when I listen to the yeah. genre in, in all of its various manifestations, mm-hmm. like, like any kind of 50s music, except maybe country. Uh, there's always that, there's always that caveat. There. I, I just have a few true favorites and honorable mentions. And so this is my shortest list by far. All right. I have a top three, by the way. And then I have some honorable mentions. Number three, The Clovers, Love Potion, number oh, nine. Yeah. Nice. Love potion number nine. Now I heard this. I first heard this song when I was in preschool and I never forgot it. I actually remember hearing it for the first time. So it's one of my earliest song memories. 
Number two, and this this is almost my number one, but my number one has to be number one. Number two is Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Now, there have been lots of versions of, of this song recorded, and the, originally the song was in the 1930s, but this is a 1956 version, and it's my favorite by far. And by the way, Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald duets are some of my favorite yes. music. I, I actually have a whole album of them duetting. It is awesome. Yeah, oh, nice. just wanted oh, to share that. It, Great Very pick. fun to listen to, though. though both, both of them have such awesome voices in different ways. I wanted to um, hey, another quick uh, note on the Love Potion number nine, because yeah. I think you mentioned the Clovers. That was the original band to perform it. However, the one that is probably the most famous that people have probably heard before was by the Searchers. So oh, they, were they both the 50s or was I think the they 60s? were more the 60s, actually. I'm not entirely okay. sure because the song was written in 1959. And so the Clovers originally performed it, but I think in the 60s, the Searchers just made it a little more famous. And that's the one I think most people are familiar with, if you've heard the song. Okay. Anyway, okay. continue. Well, good. That's good to know. My number one song of the 50s is The Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes for You. Nice. This was my wife and my first shibop, dance shibop. at our wedding. Yeah, I love, I love that, that song. song. Easily my favorite 50 song. I first heard that song in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season one. I don't remember the episode, yeah. but they played that song a couple times in, in the episode and I kind of glommed onto it at that time. It eventually became my favorite 50 song. So there That's you go. Cool. So um, you know, the first time I heard that song was in the movie, the right stuff. Was that in the right stuff? Oh. Yeah, it's. And then after that, I was like, oh, I know. I mean, like not necessarily the first time I had heard it. It was like the first time that I really was kind of like, oh, oh yeah, I know this song. Talk, like, this is cool. What a good song. I'm surprised I don't remember that. Talk about an awesome movie. Holy <sighs> cow. Yeah. It's kind of old, but it's so good. I think it was 1980. Uh, is that right? Yeah, no, around there. Yeah. They did a show, by the way, a TV show last year, I want to say, that is called The Right Stuff as well. I don't know. Okay. I think it was a one season off. I have not watched it yet, but I'm just throwing that out. Okay. Yeah. Nice pick, um, dude. Short, short honorable mention list. Uh, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Why do fools fall yeah, in love? Nice. Why do fools? Uh, it's a good Frankie song. Lyman. <laughs> I thought for the longest time that a woman was singing that song, but that happens a lot in the fifties. <laughs> so I don't know. There's something like the, you know, Fra- everyone knows Frankie Valley sings like a girl, right? Yep. So Frankie Lyman does as well, yep. uh, but he was this young kid. They were a teenage, they were kind of a boy band at the time. They were a boy band, the Cordettes, Mr. Sandman. One of my favorites. Uh, three by Bobby Darren beyond the sea. Yes. Splish splash. I was taken to oh, bath yep. and uh, Mac the knife. Oh, those yeah. three. Awesome. songs. Uh, and then the coasters, yakety, yakety yak, oh, don't yeah. go back. The chords, shaboom. Oh, yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah. Peggy Lee, fever. Yes. You know, most people don't think much about Peggy Lee. She was, she was big in the, in the late 40s and then all through the 50s and then, and, and, and then well into the 60s. But you know her she was from kind of a, rocking around the Christmas tree. So fever and black coffee by her, two, my two favorite Peggy Lee songs. Very nice. So, yeah. Nice, dude. There you go. Well, I, I do share some of the songs that you have written down too. So fan bloody tastic on that one. Nice job, dude. All right. So here are mine and actually uh, spider pan. Thank you again for sharing your fifties. He's been kind of joining us on this journey now. Yeah, that's he, awesome. He has a lot of the same ones I do, which is awesome. So I'm going to share mine really quickly and then I'll just go over his. And like I said, a lot of the same, but man, I, okay. So it's funny because oldies music, you mentioned that when you were younger kind of annoyed you. When I was that age, you know, younger and all that, 60s used to kind of annoy me. And then 60s huh. grew on me a lot, actually. And now I really love the 60s. But 50s, I always loved. Always, always, oh, okay. always. It was it was just some of my favorite music. And then I mentioned at the beginning of the show, which was the quote we played, American Graffiti, the movie. 
what a movie. I mean, really, it's just like, it's such a fun, fun movie. And for some reason, it kind of made me want to live through the fifties and early sixties, kind of like, Oh man, <laughs> I, I wish I could have like, you know, been alive during that time and, you know, raced cars and, and all that kind of thing. It was a good times, but that sound to the soda shop and got a mall. Yeah. I mean, oh man. Yeah. Go to the hop, you know, go to the, the drive-in so, or the, the drive fountain. Sorry. Yeah. The drive-in car or the, the drive-in restaurant, you know, Good stuff, dude. Girlfriend's got a poodle skirt in the passengers <laughs> right. in the bucket seat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Good times, dude. Good times. Although let's be honest, it's glorified in these movies. I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff that probably wasn't as nice, but well, and there was the whole civil rights problem back then too. Yeah, so there, there were a lot of issues that were not so good. So no, we can no. glorify the the fun stuff and, and that's what it is. No, you know, every decade is going to have its glorification. So we'll just enjoy what's good. There you go. But that the music on that soundtrack was some of my favorite 50s music some of the stuff you already mentioned uh, by the way and then here's a cool story here is one of my first inspirations for wanting to get behind the mic was wolfman jack who was in that movie by the way and he was a dj i mean back in i don't know when he got started to be honest i think it was the 50s and he went all the way into the late 80s or or, he was early 90s i think he died in 94 i think oh wow is what it was I was a kid um, in Phoenix and he was still broadcasting towards the later part of his years, but he was broadcasting over the border in Mexico on a 300,000 watt station. And so you could pick him up, you know, kind of barely in Phoenix. It was really cool. So I'd be like, Oh, this guy's awesome. I mean, he wasn't in his heyday anymore, but Mexico just out of curiosity. He didn't have the FCC regulations in Mexico that they have here. And so there were some issues with that, but I mean, he was towards the end end of his his career at that point. You know, I didn't get to see him in his heyday and stuff like that or, or listen to him, I guess. But he just had such a cool style. And I was because of him, I was like, man, I wish I could have a show of my own to play music like he did and, you know, be myself behind the mic without regulations like that and be able to interact right. with the listeners like he did. I got into radio because of not just because of that, but that was one of the main reasons I got into radio. Okay. And of course, by the time I got into radio, radio was changing. You know, it wasn't his style anymore. It wasn't that day anymore where you could become the morning show DJ and or even the night DJ and talk about whatever you want and play what you wanted. By the time I got into it, they told you what to say and they told you what to play. Interesting. It kind of sucked. I mean, it was it was fun. I'm glad I got to do it, but I didn't last that long on radio because there was just no creativity anymore. Not enough freedom. Yeah. Yeah. It was just all about we got to play these commercials and keep these people happy so that we have money. Then I got into podcasting because guess what? The creativity was in podcasting. You can do what you want except play music, which is ironic. <laughs> Ironically. Stupid <laughs> people. I got into podcasting with the dream of starting and hosting my own show. And here we are. So Ooh. I just wanted to share that story because that is one of the big inspirations for why I started the real Brian show goes all the way back to Wolfman Jack, all that cool fifties and six early sixties style music. Number one for me is the Skyliners, Since I Don't Have You. Oh, such a fun song. Beautiful, beautiful song. Number two, Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire, because let's put it this way, dude, as a pianist, this is a staple. You have to learn how to play that song. I learned it by ear. We had so much fun. And then the trick, by the way, was as you're playing and you're going crazy, you stand up while playing the song and you kick the piano bench back so that it falls back over and, you know, go go to town, man. (laughs) Hey, now, Goose didn't do that in Top Gun. I know, and he got it wrong. (laughs) wasn't he playing great balls of fire while wearing sunglasses kind of like stevie well, he was doing like his stevie wonder slash jerry lee lewis yeah and meg hybrid. ryan was sitting on his lap too so that's even oh, hard too so there you go that would be awesome so number three for me is the <laughs> number three is the cordettes mr sandman which you mentioned yeah. i love this song heard it as a kid loved it and then of course it was in back to the future and i was just like oh this is such a it's, cool song 
It's it, so classic, honestly. It's just it's oh, one yeah. of those epitomal songs of the six and of the fifties. Amazing harmonies too. Like they were yeah. the chordettes were awesome. You know, I loved Lollipop too. That's another one too. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Sandman. Yes. The platters. I love the platters, by the way, in general. There's a lot of songs from them I like, but mm-hmm. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes is definitely my favorite of theirs. Just a beautiful love song. And then I picked this one as my number five because it's such a fun song and it actually became a tra- my traditional sign off song at the end of radio shows when I was allowed to play that song, by the way. That makes sense. And at the end of if I DJ dances and weddings because, hey, you're a DJ, you're a radio DJ, you can DJ that. So, you know, I did that and then it would always be my sign off, which is the Spaniels. Good night, sweetheart. Do, 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 do. Yeah, good. Such a good song. The five satins. This is my number six. The five satins in the still of the night. And again, just another beautiful, like beautiful love song. Yeah. So. My honorable mentions are the platters, the great pretender. Um, another mm. platters I'll just throw in there is only you just because I mean, dude, it's only you. She knows how to sing only you in seven different languages. Oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> the coasters, yakety yak. I threw that in there. The penguins, earth angel. Best one was the oh, original. Yeah. So good. The monotones book of love. Oh, yeah. Johnny be good by Chuck Berry. I have to mention this really quickly. This is hilarious in back to the future, which was in November of 1955, by the way. Right. He plays it and everybody's looking at him weird. And he's like, I guess you guys aren't ready for this yet, but your kids are going to love it. Except Michael J. Fox slash Marty McFly. This <laughs> song came out three years later in 1958 slash the writers <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So unless they, hey, had, they were having kids young back then. Right? I was going to say, mean, unless they had kids that were teens in three years, man, I, I don't know, but that was just funny. Dwayne Eddy rebel rouser. Such a good song. The diamonds, little darling, little darling. I'm a terrible singer, by the way. I I don't sing. You don't want me to sing the flamingos. I only have eyes for you. There you go. Yeah. Patty page, Tennessee waltz. I love that song. Richie Valens, Donna, such a good one. And La Bamba, of course. Yeah. Elvis love me tender. The Del Vikings come and go with me. Danny and the juniors at the hop. The Everly Brothers, now they were mostly 60s, but this song, All I Have to right. Do is Dream, which was an awesome song, was still 50s. And then Buddy Holly, because there's a lot of great songs from him too, but that'll be the day was my pick. Fats Domino, Ain't That a Shame, great song. He was fun too. Bobby Freeman, Do You Want to Dance? The Champs, Tequila. There's my Bobby Darren, Beyond the Sea that you mentioned. Uh, the Silhouettes, Get a Job. I, I can't do that one either. Uh, the Diamonds, The Stroll. <laughs> Bobby Quit day rock and Robin. I know I just like suck at singing. <laughs> Everybody's like, why don't you sing? I'm like, you really don't want me to. And then I don't, and then I get made fun of. So I'll do it. No spider pan. Thank you. He also had Elvis. Love me. Tender Richie Valens, Donna, the platters, the great pretender earth angel, the five satins in the still of the night, the skyliners since I don't have you as well. So nice picks dude, but he also had Danny K inchworm from the Hans Christian Anderson movie. I included that in the mix. As well as Buddy Holly every day. That's another great one. And let's see what else. Oh, uh, Mark Dinning teen angel. Those are the other ones that he mentioned that I did not have. So we'll have all of those as always in our Spotify mix. And if you ever want to check those out, if you're into the fifties or want to learn about the fifties, you can go to our Spotify mix, which of course will be TRBS top 1950s. And it will be in the show notes over at realbryanshow.com slash two nine one. So check it out. Have some fun. And remember that your car is uglier than I am. Always. My car is awesome, by the way. (laughs) All right. Quick little honk list mentions. Very quick. I checked out Invincible at your recommendation. Oh, nice. Yeah. A couple of episodes in and uh, so far so good. I like it. It's it's a cartoon for adults. It's not a kid's cartoon, but it's It's not bad or anything. It's good. Yeah. It's got this happy go lucky 
like coating surrounded by this really gritty core. Yeah. Interesting um, story so far. Oh, and it gets, it just keep going, man. Every episode builds on the, on the last. So yeah, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're watching it. It's quite fascinating. I'm enjoying it. And now I'm starting to get hooked. Like, okay, good. A quick non-spoilery review of a quiet place. Part two. I first oh, okay. of all went back and rewatched a quiet place. Part one. Cause I had only ever seen it that one time. And I was just reminded how good that movie was, you know, good, a lot of good jump scares, a lot of fun, good suspense. And then went straight in, not, not in the same night, but I just, I did it like in a week and, and watched a quiet place part two. And I actually think I liked this one a little more than the first one, which oh, really? is really surprising, but you could tell that it was very likely written around the same time, or at least they had the the idea for it at the same time. Cause okay. it just kind of continued very, very nicely flows into the no, part one flows into part two. Yeah. It's not one of those sequels where you kind of go, huh? It's one of those. Okay. That was meant to go together. It was very nice. Interesting. Okay. I fully expect there will be a part three at least. And I hope there is because it, there needs to be. That's all I'm going to say, but it was so well done. Uh, they had a wonderful flashback in the beginning, which was awesome. Ah, oh, the acting is so good in it. I mean, um, Cillian Murphy is, yeah, that's his name. Cillian Murphy. He's, he's in it this time. There's actually some more characters in general. The music's great. The acting's great. I didn't, is there any cro- crossover in characters? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there's, okay. there, it's more of like they're expanding out now beyond the family from the first one. Okay. But they still have the, some of the same actors from the first movie, but oh, it's all the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Everybody that was in the first one is still in this one. Okay. And then they added. So that was really good. I didn't think it was as jump intense as the first one. They still had some of that, but it was more like, dude, this is like, this is just, this is awesome. It's good. It's good. Like action with some sci-fi, some great fist pumping moments, you know, some really intense moments where you're like, like turn the lights on, you know, (laughs) it's good though, but it's really, really well done. Totally worth it. Highly recommended. If you like that style. Yeah, I recommend them both. And and thank you for the invincible recommendation. More. You're welcome. Thanks to up too late. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us too on the show. Like we love doing this. We will do the forties next week. And then I think we mentioned that we're going to actually do two more weeks of music, which will go soundtracks and classical. Yes. Cause I yeah. know people that including myself who love soundtracks and classical music too. I have a lot of stories with soundtracks, but I don't have a whole lot with classical. Well, maybe a couple. Yeah. I have a few with classical. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some phenomenal music that is out there that if you are not exposed to that kind of stuff, highly recommend it. And again, for those of you who don't like music, I'm sorry. We've just wasted the last like <laughs> six months of your life. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. When someone tells me, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, I just look at them funny. What are they, my grandma? You know what the music means. Oh, yeah. So as a reminder, no episode next week. So in two weeks, we'll come back with the 40s music and, of course, you know, all the other great stuff that we're going to be doing and watching and sharing. Remember, don't throw your baby out with the bathwater. And remember that your car is uglier than I am. And I'm going to say that to everybody with an ugly car. (laughs) And have a glorious two weeks. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.